This is Canto 1, Chapter 8, Text 26. The title of the lecture is The Enemy of Perfection. Janmaitra Shuddha Shribir, Edamanak Madakuman, Saivahatya Vidatum Vai, Mam Akenshana Gochara. Everyone has to mute their phone. There you go. My Lord, your Lordship can be easily approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted. Because one who is on the path of material progress, trying to improve himself with respectable parentage, great opulence, high education, bodily beauty, cannot address you with sincere feelings. Purport. This is uh, from teachings of Queen Kunti. Being materially advanced means taking birth in an aristocratic family and possessing great wealth and education and attractive personal beauty. All materialistic men are men after possessing all these material opulences. This is known as the advancement of material civilization. But the result is that by possessing all these material assets, one becomes artificially puffed up intoxicated by such temporary possessions. Consequently, such materially puffed up persons are incapable of uttering the holy name of the Lord by addressing him feelingly. O Govinda, O Krishna. It is said in the Shastras that by once uttering the holy name of the Lord, the sinner gets rid of a quantity of sins that is unable to commit. Such is the power of uttering the holy name of the Lord. There is not the least exaggeration in this statement. Actually, the Lord's holy name has such powerful potency, but there is a quantity, quality to such utterances also. It depends on the quality of feeling. A helpless man can feelingly utter the holy name of the Lord, whereas a man who utters the same holy name in great material satisfaction cannot be so sincere. Materially puffed up persons, they utter the holy name of the Lord occasionally, but is incapable of uttering the name in quality. Therefore, the principle, four principles of material advancement, namely high parentage, good wealth, high education, and attractive beauty, are, so to speak, disqualifications for progress on the path of spiritual advancement. Material covering, of the pure soul is an external feature, as much as fever is an external feature of the unhealthy body. The general process is to decrease the degree of fever and not to aggravate it by maltreatment. Sometimes it is seen that spiritually advanced persons become materially impoverished. This is no discouragement. On the other hand, such impo impoverishment is a good sign as much as as when a man is infatuated with the false prestige of opulence, as much as the, there's probably some mistake there. 
Falling of temperature is a good sign. What's that? Falling of the temperature is a good sign? Yeah. When a man is infatuated with a false prestige of opulence, he does not care for any moral instruction, but indulges in wine, women, and animal killing. In such circumstances, a poverty-stricken man is often better situated than a poor man who thinks of himself in relation to other bodies. Poor man often does not wish to inflict injuries upon other bodies because he can understand more readily that when he himself is injured, he feels pain. Therefore, the great sage Nara considered that because the demigods knowledge, oh, Oh, I must have gotten, maybe I got things mixed up here. Is that from the same purport? Let me just check this. No, this is, this is verse uh, 1826. Yeah, I, I know that, but, uh, Sometimes it's seen that spiritually advanced persons become materially impoverished. This is no discouragement. On the other hand, such impoverishment is a good sign as much as the falling of temperature is a good sign. The principle of life should be to decrease the degree of material intoxication, which leads one more and more illusion about the aim of life. Grossly illusioned persons are quite unfit for entrance into the kingdom of God. This is a nice verse for the uh, Kartik season. In Kartik, there's a good example of two brothers who became intoxicated due to their bodily beauty and material wealth. Who's that? Does anyone know who? Two brothers who became intoxicated due to their bodily, bodily beauty and wealth. Two sons of uh, Kuvera. Yes, Nala Kuvera and Manigriva. And because of that, they were forced to, well, Narada Muni came and cursed them, and they became two Arjun trees. And of course, this is the part of the Damodar pastime. A mother Desoda bound Krishna to a, a grinding stone with a rope. And then Krishna took that grinding water and pulled it between the two trees and they fell down and the two demigods, Nalakovara and Manigriva came out 
and offered prayers to Krishna. Now, in the material world, everyone is anxious to make advancement because it's the nature of the living entity to want to get better, to advance. It's our nature. We want everything to be fresh and new and more wonderful every day. Unfortunately, the most living entities don't understand the difference between what's spiritual and material and therefore their hopes for happiness, advancement in happiness, and advancement in knowledge, how to become happy, are always frustrated. Therefore, when Queen Kunti prayed that <clears throat> you saved us from the fire, the burn, the Vishan Mahagne Purushara Darshanana. She was praying to Krishna that, my dear Lord, Vishan Mahagne Purushara Darshana, that you saved us from this poison cake. Bhima was fed a poison cake by his cousins because Bhima was not the favorite cousin. They wanted to kill him. As a matter of fact, they wanted to kill all the Pandavas, but Bhima was the most likely person to be killed first because he was the strongest. And the Kauravas thought if we kill Bhima, First, then it'll be easy. It'll be easy to kill the other Pandavas also. So they fed him poison cake, Vishan Mahagnir. And when that didn't work, then they put him put the Pandavas into a house of lack, and they set the house on fire to burn them to death. Vishan Mahagni Purushara Darshana. And when the Pandavas escaped through the tunnel that they had built to avoid the fire. As soon as they got into the forest, they met a man-eating Rakshasha who was hungry and it was time for a dinner and they were gonna be the dinner. Now, the part of his life was not exactly peaceful. It goes on. Vishan Mahagne Purushara Darshana, Asabhaya, um, Draupadi was trying to, they tried to strip Draupadi naked in the, in the assembly of the Kauravas. There was a battle, Kurukshetra, and everyone was throwing Brahmastra weapons at the Pandavas, trying to kill them. And even after the battle, they tried to kill them again. Abhimanyu, not Abhimanyu, the son of Drona, Charya, he also threw Brahmastras at the Pandavas trying to kill them, Ashvatama. Now, one may think the Pandavas were quite fortunate because they were born into such opulence. As a matter of fact, they were to be the rulers of the entire world. And that world at that time was quite a bit bigger than this current small little place that we call the world. It was uh, many, many times bigger. Matter of fact, they were probably, at least they were ruling over Jambudweep, if not further beyond that. But they encountered so many problems. Now, even Dev was crying when he, re, re, when he was on his deathbed, recalling all the different problems that the Pandavas were put into. 
Although they were the favorites of Krishna, although they were born of demigods, although they, they were supposed to be the rulers of this entire planet, still one problem after another they faced. Uh, but did they become depressed, thinking, why is this happening to us? We're nice people. No, Queen Kundi said, actually, we're happy that there's problems. Because if there's problems, vipadap shantu takshasvat tatra tatra jagat guru bhavatad darshanam nyasyat apana bhavadarshanam. I wish we could see these problems again and again and again so that we can see you again and again. Because by seeing you, we'll no longer see the repetition of birth and death. Therefore, ordinarily devotees, when they're more advanced, they welcome when there's difficulty. Because when there's difficulty, it's an opportunity to take shelter of Krishna. As a matter of fact, the greatest difficulty that we're facing, Janma, Mrityu, Jaravyadi, Dukkha, Dosha, Nudarshana. This is actually the greatest impetus to make spiritual advancement, if we take advantage of it namely birth, death, old age, and disease. Actually, Prabhupada writes in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the Bhagavad Gita, that without birth, death, old age, and disease, without these miseries, there's actually no impetus to make advancement in spiritual life. So fortunately, we're born in Kali Yuga, and Kali Yuga believe it or not, is not even in full force yet, although it appears that it's quickly becoming full force. It's hard to imagine what Kali Yuga is going to be like in a hundred years from now, if it's like this now. Try to think about what Kali Yuga might be like in a hundred years. But this is great for the devotees because it's an impetus to take Shalva Krishna and become detached from our fever for material enjoyment. Every material existence means to be living in one's imagination and thinking that by a certain arrangement, by getting some wealth, by getting some material position, by getting some opportunities for sense gratification, by getting some material education, I can actually be in a better position. Well, Queen Kundi says here that the conditioned soul is already intoxicated by material existence. Identification with these gross and subtle bodies is a kind of intoxication. But when the soul becomes interested in advancing in material life, getting more and more wealth, beauty, not material knowledge, and influence, then the result, instead of being simply intoxicated, the soul becomes crazy, becomes mad. And a, mad, a person who's crazy, he cannot chant the holy name with feeling. Therefore, yasya nugrahami karisheta denai That to show special mercy, sometimes Krishna takes 
the material opulence of the, of the devotee away so that the devotee becomes sober and having no other refuge than Krishna, then he prays to Krishna feelingly and Krishna has an opportunity to take care of him. So we find that in the history of the Srimad Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita, we find devotees sometimes even become puffed up and Krishna has to remove their material opulence so they become sane. Can anyone tell us an example which is coming up soon in our festival days, in this Kartik days, of someone who became puffed up because of their material power and Krishna had to take had to show them that they're not supreme in the universe. Indra. Yes, Indra, Indra. When Krishna raised the Govardhan Hill in order to protect the inhabitants of Vrindavan, then Indra became, it said, thunderstruck, seeing Krishna's power. Similarly, who else became, who big controller in the universe, became proud and thought he could compete against Krishna? Hiranyakashipu? Hiranyakashipu. Yes, there's so many demons. But which demigod became proud and thought he test Krishna? Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma. What did he do? He stole the the friend of Krishna and a small cow and Yes, he hid them away in a cave for one year. But he got, became a little nervous and he had to come back. And then Krishna, he had expanded himself for one year into all the cow, as he became all the coward boys and all the calves and developed an affectionate, more, even a more affectionate relationship with the mothers of the coward boys and the cows, mother cows. Practically speaking, Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, our literature is just full of stories of people who were proud, who were competing against Krishna, and their pride was taken away. There's the top of the stories, for instance, we can go over any one of them. For instance, Govardhan Puj, who was proud, which group of people were proud, and wouldn't serve Krishna in the Govardhan Puj story. Nityaseva. Um, the residents of Loka? No, no, in the, uh, no, well, before the Govardhan Puj story, I'm sorry, there was a, there was a, before Govardhan Puj, there was a group of, of people, the coward boys went to ask for charity from them because they wouldn't be given, they wouldn't give them charity. He's the Brahmanas. Yeah, the wives of the Yagya Brahmanas. Yeah. They thought, who is these Krishna and Balaram? Krishna is simply a ordinary Vaisha and Balaram is simply a Kshatriya. Why should we give them any charity? Because we're elevated Brahmanas. 
But the wives of the Bra Yagya Brahmins, they were very, they were pure devotees, and they immediately rushed out to feed Krishna Balaram and the cowherd boys. And later on, the Yagya Brahmins became repentant. But still, because they were mater attached to material opulence, they couldn't go and surrender to Krishna. Such as wealth. For instance, in the story of Nalakovara Manigriva, we find that the most of all the different opulences, the one that's most addictive is the opulence of wealth. If one gets material wealth, then the opportunity for other kinds of material opulence will become very easily available. So Prabhupada writes in the Krishna book, when a man is infatuated with the false prestige of opulence, he does not care for any moral instruction, but indulges in wine, women, and animal killing. Such circumstances, a poverty-stricken man is often better situated because a poor man thinks of himself in relation to other bodies. Poor man often does not wish to inflict injuries upon other bodies because he can understand more readily that when he himself is injured, he feels pain. Therefore, the great sage Narada considered that because the demigods, Nalakuvera and Manigriva, were so infatuated by false prestige, they should be put into a condition of life devoid of opulence. So generally speaking, when one gets well, then automatically he gets the opportunity for women and fame and he can indulge in meat-eating and intoxication. Therefore, we can see in the story of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dealings with King Prataparudra, although King Prataparudra was factually a great devotee of Krishna, still Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not want to associate with him. Because Sannyasi said, he quoted the verse, that it is better to drink poison for a sannyasi than to associate with materialists or those who are associating with materialists. Of course, in the past time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there was an arrangement so that King Prataparuja got to associate with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But just to set an example, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not want to associate with even with King Prataparudra because of his material because of his being a king. Therefore, although we may think or we, we may even desire some material advancement in any one of these categories. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had said that if we really want to make spiritual advancement, then our main program is Gyane Priyasam Udapastanamanteva, Vivanti San Mukaritam Bhavadiya Vartam, Stane Sita Shudikatam Tanuvangmanovir, Ye Priyasa Jita Jitok Taistrilokya. Gyane, Gyane means knowledge, but this knowledge is speculative knowledge that's being referred to here by Lord Brahma. What is speculative knowledge? Anyone here ever speculate? Raise your hands if you ever speculate. Anyone here ever speculate? 
well, at least half of us. The other, we can't see the other half. We only see names. Yeah, so speculation means that we look around the material world and we think, uh, how much does that thing cost? Oh, maybe I can get a bargain. Maybe I can get half price on that. Oh, that doesn't look so good. Maybe I can uh, give it to someone I don't like. So everyone is constantly looking around the material world, trying to find something enjoyable and fearful of the things that might be taking away our material sense gratification, either gross or subtle. So that's called speculation. If anyone, when we chant japa, sometimes we have a tendency to become aware of how much we're speculating. It's not that chanting Hare Krishna causes us to speculate. It makes us aware of how much we're already speculating. Of course, we may blame it on the Hare Krishna mantra. The Hare Krishna mantra somehow or another is bringing up my material desires. Much the same as during the winter, people sometimes don't want to throw the, they sweep the floor, but they don't, they're too lazy to pick up the dirt and throw it into a, into a dustbin. Instead, they sweep it underneath the rug. And then when the time comes for, uh, for the spring cleaning, they pick up the rug and so much dirt flies in all different directions. So they're thinking, my house was so clean, how did it suddenly get so dirty? Uh, they forget that actually the dirt was there. It was just hidden underneath the rug. So similarly in, in our hearts, due to the, our past activities, we've accumulated so many material desires. And when we start cleaning, we may become surprised by how many material desires, how much dirt is actually there. But that shouldn't discourage us from continuing on with the cleaning process. But part of the cleaning process is we have to give up this idea that if somehow or another I can increase my material situation, that will make me happy. That's the greatest enemy towards spiritual advancement, to think that there's something more important, there's something which can actually satisfy me more than Krishna consciousness. Therefore, knowledge means to develop the understanding that we're actually spiritual beings. And that as a spiritual being, we cannot be satisfied with anything except for Krishna consciousness. And thus one becomes factually conscious of Krishna. There could be no experience of actual happiness, what to speak, or even peace. One is nasti buddhya yuktasya, nacha yuktasya bhavanaha. But one who is not in the divine consciousness, he can have neither controlled mind nor steady intelligence without which there can be no possibility of peace. And how can there be any happiness without peace? So if we give up this tendency towards speculate, speculating and we become submissive to the words of the great devotees, now, we don't have to change anything. We're very fortunate. Whatever position we're in, 
even if we're a male or a female or if we're in a temple or outside the temple, if we're in a greatly opulent country or in a poverty-stricken country, but if we're old or young, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is to accept our position, our material position, and not become anxious to change it. Instead, we should go on hearing from Krishna and his representatives, Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra, and then follow their instructions with our body, mind, and words, engage ourselves in Krishna's service. And if we do that, then Krishna will reveal himself to us, and that is the perfection of our life, to become conscious of Krishna. Now I can recite so many stories of persons and even devotees who became proud or potentially became proud because of their material situation. Even devotees like Vasudev, the leper. Vasudev, the leper, was a great devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was such a good devotee of Krishna. He was so kind to the living entities that although he was suffering from leprosy, still, when the worms who were eating his body making holes in his body. If a worm from his body fell into the ground, off his body, then he'd pick the worm up and put it back into his body so the worm could eat his body. I mean, that's called generosity. Such a great devotee, so kind to the living entities. But he heard Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was visiting nearby and he rushed to that place so he could meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu but he got there a little bit late, and so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had left. Therefore, Vasudeva the leper, he fell on the ground unconscious due to separation from Krishna. Then, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being omniscient, he realized my great devotee Vasudeva has fallen on the ground, so he rushed back and he picked up Vasudeva and he embraced him. And in the ecstasy of being embraced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his feelings of separation, his misery, being separated from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and his leprosy disappeared simultaneously. And instead, he was, he was in a very beautiful body, golden in complexion and effulgent. He offered prayers to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Vasudev, and he said, my dear Lord, you're so kind. You've freed me from my leprosy and given me this beautiful body. So please help me because I might become proud. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that chant Hare Krishna. If you chant Hare Krishna, feel it with proper attention, with proper feeling, then there was no question of being proud. Similarly, we find, we mentioned Nalakovara, Manigriva, and then we have, as far as education goes, we have the example of Ramaharshan. Ramaharshan was a disciple of Srila Vyasadeva, and he was leading the sacrifice to protect people in Kali Yuga, in Namasharanya. There were 40,000 sages there, I believe, headed by Shonaka Rishi, and Ramaharshan was leading the sacrifice. 
course, when Bala, Lord Balaram came into the sacrificial arena, everyone stood up except for Ramaharsha, who didn't even offer respects to Baladev. So Baladev, realizing that this person, he's proud, although he's learned, but he's become, he's proud. So that's the problem with knowledge. Knowledge without the proper perspective, without the proper skills, without the proper conviction, without the proper character especially, produces pride. And as it says, pride cometh before the fall. So although Ramaharshan was so proud that he didn't stand up even before the personality of Godhead Balaram, uh, Balaram did not appreciate that. And he took one blade of grass, akusha grass, he went up to Ramaharshan and hit him with akusha grass and killed him. Therefore, pride is so dangerous because it's because of pride that we find ourselves in material existence, trying to think ourselves be something that we're actually not. Actually, we're all one ten thousandth the size of tip hair in size, which is not exactly a reason to become very puffed up and very proud. Therefore, in order to become proud, one must be an illusion. If one is actually aware of reality, one must become very humble. Humble not simply because of our, our tiny existence, but when one becomes aware of Krishna, then one realizes how wonderful Krishna is, how beautiful Krishna is, how kind Krishna is, how kind Krishna's devotees are. And one feels very insignificant in comparison. That even Krishna himself, in relating to his devotees, he also feels humble. Shimati Rarani, the greatest devotee, is also the humblest devotee. Because uh, love and humility go together. If one is actually in love with someone and realizes their greatness, one will naturally feel humble. Uh, without that humility, there can't be any real taste in Krishna consciousness. There can't actually be any real happiness either, because there can't be any love. If we're puffed up, we think ourselves better than others, then actually the opposite is enviousness. And one who's envious cannot actually be happy. Therefore, Krishna is arranging the material world not for our comfort, he's arranged it for the development of our character. So how does one develop character, especially develop qualities such as humility and kindness and purity? How does one develop those things? By being put into situations which are exactly the opposite of what we want, where we have to struggle. One of the problems of being in the, in the heavenly planets is that there's not so much struggle and therefore one becomes complacent. But if one is in this Kali Yuga, then actually there's going to be some struggle. And in that struggle, if one is fortunate enough to take shelter of Krishna, then one makes great spiritual advancement. Therefore, in order to develop kindness, Krishna puts us in association of people who are not kind. So we have to be kind even in the midst of a difficult, a difficult association. To make us become tolerant, 
Krishna puts us in a position where our tolerance is tested. If we go on and just try to preach or distribute books in some way, then our tolerance will be tested. And when our tolerance is tested, then naturally we have to take shelter of Krishna in order to pass the test, and therefore our tolerance increases. And only one who's tolerant can actually, at the time of leaving this body, one who's actually absorbed in Krishna consciousness and therefore not disturbed by the problems of, of the bodily situation at the time of leaving this body, uh, such a person can pass the test and think of Krishna even at the time of death. So what causes our intolerance? What causes our pride? So Krishna says, the haya kamiyak sarvam pumam sharati nispriya nirmamonirahankara shanti madhigachiti. That one who's free, the haya one who gives up desires of sense gratification, who lives free from desires, gives up all sense of proprietorship, is devoid of false ego, he alone can attain real peace. Therefore, we should welcome our situations, especially in Kali Yuga, when things are not going the way we expect them to go. And we all know things are just not going to go the way we expect it, no matter who we are. Ultimately, no one is expecting even to, to, to leave their body. Everyone is thinking oh, we're going to be here for a long time. But lo and behold, we're only here for a very short period of time. Therefore, we should welcome these opportunities to develop humility, tolerance, and everything else that will help us fix our minds without deviation with the proper feeling upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, anyone who's even proud of their penny or whatever insignificant opulence we might have, uh, they're not a candidate for going back to, back to Krishna or even back to the spiritual world. On the other hand, we do not have to wait for Krishna to take our opulence away, the little opulence that we ha may have. But we should utilize that opulence in Krishna's service, and that's even a better way of getting free from the pride of being the possessor of material opulences. To acknowledge that everything belongs to Krishna, even the things that I have belong to Krishna, and therefore I should inquire from Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra and pray for the mercy of the super soul within my heart so I can understand how to utilize whatever Krishna has given me and utilize that in Krishna's service. So that gradually I realize that I'm nothing but dasa, dasa, anodasa. I'm nothing but the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. And by the mercy of my spiritual master and the previous acharyas, by the mercy of Krishna, I'm able to engage my energies in Krishna's service, and therefore wake up to my eternal relations with Krishna and to all of Krishna's eternal service. Therefore, we should not follow the footsteps of others who are, became anxious for material wealth to the point that even they defied Krishna and his devotees, whether it be Ramaharshan Sutta, Ramaharshan, or Dvavida Gorilla who became puffed up and thought he was going to destroy Krishna's city of Dwarka, or Bomasura, who stole from the demigods, and therefore Krishna had to come, go and rescue 
not only the princesses that he had captured, but he had returned the earrings and the umbrella that Bomasur had stolen from Indra. Palambasura, the whole Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, is full of persons who became puffed up, like Indra. Indra is constantly getting proud. One day, Brihashvati walked into the Indra's palace, and Indra was being offered prayers by all the demigods headed by the Gandharvas, the Charnas, the other devas, the sun, the moon, everyone was offering praise to Indra. Indra was on a magnificent throne, being served by so many different devotees. And Brihaspati walked in, but Indra was so intoxicated by his being worshipped that he neglected Brihaspati, his spiritual master, the spiritual master of the demigods. And Brihaspati, realizing the puffed up nature of Indra immediately disappeared. And then Indra realized he had made a mistake, looked everywhere in the universe to try to find Brihaspati, but Brihaspati couldn't be found. And therefore, because the demons, the Asuras, were worshiping Shukaracharya, and because the demigods had lost the mercy of their spiritual master due to their Indra becoming puffed up, therefore the the Asuras became powerful and conquered Indra Loka. So Indra Loka had to flee along with the demigods and arrangements had to be made, of course, for the return of the, of the kingdom of the demigods, Indra Loka, to Indra. Vamanadev had to come by the prayers of Aditi and Kasyapa made the arrangements so that Vamanadev came and got back the kingdom of heaven for Indra. In summary, we should just be tolerant. We should recognize whatever is happening to us is by the mercy of Krishna. That praying for the mercy of Krishna, Susamikshamano, see everything, how Krishna is making the arrangements for us. Even though there may be some suffering, but it's due to my past misdeeds, and Krishna is making arrangements so I can become purified. And therefore, going on in any circumstance, chanting Hare Krishna, praying to Krishna, serving Krishna, and the result is then we'll actually become eligible to get Krishna's mercy and eventually go back to the spiritual world. So again, Krishna is more interested in our spiritual advancement than he is and the, and the development of our character than he is with our comfort. And therefore, if Krishna makes arrangements for us to become purified, we shouldn't resent Krishna. We shouldn't resent those who are purifying us Instead, we take, should take this as a great opportunity to make spiritual advancement and free ourselves from all the problems forever. So I'll stop there and thank you. Kuala, Sinquia. Yesli Pitanya, Apros, or whatever else, question. Preguntas. Any questions?
На русском, у кого есть вопросы, можете, пожалуйста, в чате их задать, и мы, мы их переведем. Потому что нет возможности с переводчиком, Гурмахарадж не слышит переводчика. Напишите быстро. Или плюсики поставьте в чате. Кто хочет задать вопрос, мы минутку подождем, пока вы напишите. Where is healthy balance between renouncing material needs and closing basic needs in order to calm and change spirit of Material needs and uh, spiritual needs. Sometimes the work is uh, all time uh, good spiritual practice and in when uh, they start 50 or 60 years, they understand that this one don't take care of they and need uh, self-house or need to go to work when you're 60 years like this. Now, um, health balance we don't take, take care about self. We don't well, who's the self? I mean, in one sense, we should be balanced. Krishna says, Yukta Hara Viharasya, Yukta Chesa Paramasu, Yukta Swapna Vibodasya, Yoga Bhavati Dukaha. Yogi doesn't eat too much or eat too little, sleep too much or sleep too little. One whose temperance and his habits of eating, sleeping, work, and recreation can mitigate the material pains by practice of the yoga system. So, of course, we should be balanced. If we're not balanced, it's because we're fanatics. Because we haven't really, we, uh, Bhaktivedanta or Krishna consciousness means not only knowledge, but not only feeling, but also knowledge. Feeling or religion, religious activities without knowledge becomes fanaticism or sentimentalism. And knowledge without religion or feeling, emotion becomes dry speculation. So we need a balance of both of them. Then we'll, with that intelligence we gain by the balance, we'll know how to properly engage in our, for the long term in Krishna's service. We should think, if I'm going to be here in this body for 70, 80, 90, 100 years, I should make a plan. That's called Varna and Ashram. There's 25 years in brahmachari life, 25 years in grihastha life, 25 years in vanaprastha life, 25 years in sannyasa life. There's a plan for the future. Not that I'm going to be 25 years old forever, and therefore there is absolutely no need to make any plans for the future. For my, when I'm 50, 100, whatever years old we are. No, we should make, we should think of the long term, pray us, rather than just pray us. And if we don't do that, it's our fault. Because we're just not practical. We're not actually 
realistic about what this material world is and what happens in it. Anyone who thinks that he's not going to grow old and that when he does grow old, there won't be any need for making any uh, other arrangements, that I'll be exactly like I was when I was 15 years old, when I'm 95, then obviously they're being unrealistic. So we should wake up and see things, not only spiritually, but we should see things how to properly engage in Christmas service in any circumstance, including in different material circumstances. Is that right? Therefore, when one is a brahmachari, one should act like a brahmachari. And when one was a grihasta, one should act like a grihasta. And when I'm a vanaprasta, I should act like a vanaprasta. When I'm a sannyasi, I should act like a sannyasi. Not that I'm a brahmachari and I act like a grihasta. And when I become a grihasta, I act like a brahmachari. That's not a very good way of acting. We should be practical. Like Priyavrata Maharaj. Priyavrata Maharaj was a great renunciate. He was hearing from Narada Muni about how to perfect his life in Krishna consciousness. But his father wanted him to take over the universe. His father was Swami Bhubamanu, or at least his grandfather. He was the most eligible person to take over the universe. Actually, it was his father. Take over the universe. And therefore, because not only Swayambhubamanu, his father wanted him to take over the universe, but also Lord Brahma and other Mahajans wanted him to do that service. So he accepted it. Uh, so to take over the universe means you have to take, you have to perform sacrifice because the universe functions properly by sacrifice. And in order to perform sacrifice, you need a wife. So he married a very beautiful lady and he spent many years with her, but he acted as a perfectly perfect devotee internally, but externally he acted as a perfect husband, Vedic husband. And therefore he accepted the offerings of his wife, her nice dressing, her feminine attractive behavior, but he wasn't become, he didn't become bewildered by the situation. He always remained internally in Krishna consciousness. But externally, he acted as if he was a proper Vedic husband and accepted his wife, the attractive behavior of his wife. So that while we're performing our duties in this material world, we should perform them appropriately, but at the same time, we should have a full sense of Krishna consciousness. This is one of Krishna's main instructions in the Bhagavad Gita. Vigunā Paradharma Sunusita, Shre Dharma Nidanam Shreyat Paradharma Bayavaha. It is better to perform one's own duty even perfectly than to accept someone else's duty, even if one can perform it perfectly. Destruction of the cause of one's own duties is better because to follow someone else's duties is dangerous. So the same thing, Stane Sita, Shudikitam Tanuvangir. We should not resent the position we're put into but we should try to utilize it for Christian service appropriately. Anything else? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Amazing. Thank you for being here. You hear us? 
Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, perfect. <laughs> Thank you for the class. Uh, Thank you. One day we are reading with Mahendra Prabhu Eight Canto, so in the 19th chapter, Lord Bamanadev, Vex uh, Charity, uh, Bali Maharaj, there is uh, text 27, and there is, he says that for the way of happiness is to be fully satisfied to receive that which is absolutely needed. So, question is, question was we discussing, what was, what is this that is absolutely needed? Well, we need something to eat, <laughs> unless you're Drew Maharaj. But even at the beginning, Drew Maharaj needed some kapita fruit at the beginning, and then he needed some, some water to drink, and he needed some dry leaves to eat, and he needed some air. So we're probably within those categories. So we need something to eat, we need some covering for the body, and we need some relationships. And according to the Bhagavatam, it's good to have some help. It's very difficult when one is not very, very advanced to be able to focus the mind upon Krishna, the body and the mind are too disturbed. So these basic things we need. And if we have them and we're, and we're satisfied with what we need, then it's much easier to fix the mind upon Krishna. You know, if we're too worried about our lack of things, or if we're potentially looking for more than we actually need, then it's very difficult to focus the mind on Krishna. So minimum, but minimum may be different for different devotees under different circumstances for different reasons, but we should find out our particular minimum, what we can most comfortably, what we most comfortably need, what, what we need to be more comfortable so that we can peacefully think about Krishna and engage in Krishna's service. Anything else? I have a question. I don't know if you will accept it. Well, we'll uh, I, wish to, I wish to ask about the six exchanges of love in uh, that, uh, like, uh, first thing, it's very, very beautiful verse. But I have uh, in mind that you can express love in a, another few more ways. Like you can, see, I thought of like you can see the good qualities of the other person, or meditate on his success in spiritual life. I don't know. Like I had like I thought these are these the only six ways of exchanging love. These are the six main ways. Uh, there are other ways. They're probably included in some way. These six loving exchanges see the good qualities in others, means that you have to, you know, reveal your mind and confidence. They're all part of our exchange of our vision, our perspective on things. So they're included. They may not be obvious, but if we think about them, we can see that practically anything that we do in terms of loving exchanges are also included in these six loving exchanges. Anything else? I guess you're there. Yes. Uh, how do we tolerate the um, our um, shortcomings, or like when Krishna is trying to develop our character? How do we tolerate our shortcomings and um, keep going with the process and not kind of become disheartened and? Tani sarani samyamya yukta sitamatra. 
One who controls his senses and fixes his mind upon me is known as a man of steady intelligence. So, sadhana bhakti. If we, follow, if we become steady in our sadhana bhakti, then the result is that gradually we'll make some improvement in our tolerance. Especially if we try to chant Hare Krishna without offense, the tension, and with some feeling, then Krishna will give us some special mercy by revealing himself to some degree to us. And in our becoming conscious of Krishna, then it's easy, easier to tolerate our own minds. So we have to directly engage our minds in Krishna's service by chanting Hare Krishna incessantly to some feeling. And therefore, as much as we engage our minds in Krishna's service in that way, to that extent, our mind will no longer disturb us. One who is thus situated, Krishna says, the threefold miseries of material existence exist no longer. In such a happy state, one's intelligence becomes steady. So we have to be careful. We have to see where our eyes are going and how our minds are following. We have to pick up when our eye, eyes are going to the objects of the senses and we're becoming attached to them and how lust is developing, how greed is developing, how frustration is developing, how illusion is developing, how bewilderment is developing, how loss of our intelligence is developing. So we have to catch ourselves and bring our minds back under the control of Krishna, by chanting Hare Krishna fencelessly. Back to Krishna consciousness, endeavor to become conscious of Krishna. Anything else? Okay, we can stop here. Nice to see some more devotees here this week from Russia. Drastvitya, Ochan Priyatna. And uh, we'll see you hopefully in two weeks from now or sooner. Thank you very much. Happy Kartik. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Hi. Kupan Pooj ki jai. Kupan Pooj ki jai. Kupan Pooj ki jai. Kupan Pooj ki jai.